Are you ready to overcome the complexities and burdens that come with your success? Join the team at Centura Wealth Advisory in the Live Life Liberated podcast. Now, on to the show. Well, hello, Chuck. How are you? Very well. And how are you? I'm doing well, thank you. A little bit of a cold remaining, but not bad. Thank you for agreeing to do this. My pleasure. Yeah. So we uh, are put together these vodcasts and podcasts for our listening audience to hear about client experiences. And you and I now have known each other since all the way back to 2004. You and I and your your beautiful wife, Mary Ann, who's no longer with us. And uh, it's been a long time. Yeah. Yeah. We've uh, gotten to know each other pretty well over the Mm -hmm. last 18 years. So um, why don't you share a little bit about your educational background and history uh, being here in San Diego and how you came to us and why don't you start there? Well, my educational background, uh, university started up in Seattle, but uh, majoring in girls was not one of the catalog <laughs> uh, items, so uh, I lasted one year at Seattle U Okay, and um, went on to a community college to build my grade point back. And in that, uh, during that period, it happened to rain 30 days in a row, which is not unusual for Seattle. I said I had enough. I had been in the reserves, the Marine Reserves, for two years. Yeah. So I decided with the suggestion of a friend of mine, uh, let's go in the Marines. So okay. I said, let's go on active duty. Seven years later, I left. Seven years and three months. But during that uh, Marine Corps time, I did realize that I could learn if I really put my mind to it. And came out with a very strong background in electronics, had a first class uh, FCC license. I could could, uh, work as an engineer. I found a job here in San Diego at a small university that was just starting out, UCSD. (laughs) Now at 40,000 students, as you know. Yeah. Uh, And at that time, I became their campus audiovisual manager That morphed into a position in the medical school as a television production engineer. During that period, I also realized that I needed to get to college if I wanted to talk to to, to, uh, people with PhDs. I probably ought to have at least some credentials. So I got a bachelor's uh, at San Diego State. I went on to a graduate degree in uh, television, educational television. And by then, I was already managing medical television at the, the medical school at UCSD. That uh, was in 1973. By 93, I I had uh, reached 55 and decided I could retire early if they would let me. They did, (laughs) and I did. Yeah. So I went on and uh, went into business for myself, basically doing the same thing I was doing at the medical school, which was producing educational medical television programming. Quite a a ride. I enjoyed it. There's nothing about it that that I can say I regretted. Yeah. I had a good retirement plan from the university. Marianne and I made our plans. Uh, I continued to work for myself. As now she you was guys, working, you raised your family here. You had you have yes, two we daughters. Have, we have two daughters. They right. came along in 90, uh, 60, uh, 62 and in uh, 65, 66. Okay. So they're both well up in their years right now. Yeah. As far as... Um, the, uh, the work at that time, though, uh, working for myself and then Marianne working at a library, our daughters are both, this is in the early 2000s, so they're both pretty much out of the house and on their own. The youngest graduated from San Diego State, the oldest one was missing one, one course and didn't graduate. But we were 
looking for what to do with our future and how to plan what to do with our future. Marianne decided that we really should be doing some investing and started doing that early 2000s, probably even in the late 90s, and uh, had acquired a small notebook full of investments that she managed on a daily basis, which took way too much of her time. And by around 2004, some friends of ours out in the uh, community that we live in, and still I still do today, yeah. uh, we had decided we need to do something different. These friends said, well, we're going to this financial, uh, I think at the time we just called it a financial planning meeting. Would you like to come along? And that's where we met you. Yeah. <clears throat> we roped you in. Well, you broke us in, and we decided right away that this was really a good idea. We had, she was spending way too much time. Our focus was narrow, it was really in stocks. We didn't even consider bonds. We had tried a few limited partnerships and lost our shirts. Yeah. So um, that was not the way to plan for the future. We bought a handful of different uh, rentals as well, different units along the way Mm -hmm. that you did pretty darn well for you. Yes, I did. The first one was around 1998. The second one was about uh, six, seven years later. And yes, they were good investments at the time. And and we got them when, uh, uh, as I say, they were good investments. So when when it came time to sell them, we realized a a good return on them. But the process was not easy because as a landlord, as you may know, uh, you're, uh, you're on call 24 hours a, a day. Tenants, and, tenants, toilets, and trash. And trash, yes. Right? And not necessarily in that order. <laughs> Sometimes they were reversed. Yeah. But yes, and I do remember some advice, uh, some comments that we, you shared with us during that early period, and that is, Chuck, why are you beating yourself to death? And I was, because I had a full-time job, and at the same time, I was managing these three rentals. Yeah. So um, I'm part Irish, and that part is a little slow on the uptake, yeah. uh, thinks it all out and waits, and, and over time, I think we did get out of them. Well, I think what happened <laughs> is we started getting some exposure. You'd had some bad experiences with some limited partnerships, which yeah. was causing you to say, gosh, I'm Derek. Why on earth would you want me to go back down that path again? But over time, eventually got you to make some investments around those. And I think uh, if my memory serves me correctly, as you had good experiences around those and you just got what we call mailbox money, there was no, there were tenants, toilets and trash, but you weren't dealing with any of that as a limited partner, I think is when you finally started thinking, why am I? Why am I in this position? I'm making every bit as good a return, if not better returns, giving that to, uh, to others. And is that, is that how you recall? Yeah, it is. Uh, you, you jump quite a ways ahead in time because, I, as I say, I'm a, I think about things for a while. Yeah. But once we got into alternative investments, which was real estate, and you were showing me comparisons, I thought, my gosh, this is really a no-brainer if you really want to get out of some of the the uh, extra work that you have to do. So I did, I sold all three of them off, took the money that uh, came back out of that, turned that over to you for investment purposes, and we kind of went on from there. Also, remember that by that time we had gone through a will that uh, we had not really had 
updated your updated a lot uh, we started estate planning and trying to figure out how we, we wanted to get things disposed of with one of us going to pass before the other being in a stable marriage i wasn't worried about that so much worried only which one of us would be and typically it's the man so um I wanted to make sure Marianne was well taken care of, and that's where you came in again with a lot of different options that you presented to us, not all at once, but over time. And as our investments grew, and as we realized that we had more that we could work with, then we just continued doing it. And in part, I have to say that over that period of time, 2004 to, mm, let's say through 2017, we grew to know to know you quite well, and early on, you we we developed a relationship and a trust that just has a, has never flagged. It's always been there. To this day, if you give me an idea on something, I pretty well jump on it because I know the sooner I do, the sooner I'll see a return on it. We've been come, we've become friends, and yes, our families know each other. Yeah, it's a, this relationship that builds over time. It's very rewarding to see clients set and achieve their financial goals. And it was also very difficult going through that 07 to 09 period where, man, it was yeah. pretty rough. Um, but this period from 09 to present from an investment standpoint has, has worked pretty darn well. Yeah, you mentioned estate planning. We also did a fair bit of income tax planning as well. Great deal. And that's one of my loves is the less I have to give to support our government, the better off I feel about it. I do believe in giving what I am supposed to give, but not a penny more. Yeah, and you've, you have led the way in that. And I think when you have done that, I think it's also caused you to say, listen, I can be more philanthropic with the, the, yep. the causes that are near and dear to my heart. And we've seen you continue to do that over the years. As you were able to save on the income tax side, you said, I can benefit the, the social things that I want to benefit with my tax dollars. I'd rather contribute those to the social causes I want to support. We did that. We did a lot, probably started with the IRAs, where, uh, as you know, um, when you, we, you have a minimum requirement uh, once you've retired, and once we reach that point, then we're, we're pulling out a percentage of the of each one of the IRAs we had, taxed on that, and then we were taking the money and giving it to charitable causes. It didn't take long for us to find out that there was a better way, and that came out of, again, some meetings we had with you, where we looked through our balance sheet, what we were doing with our money, and always asked, what do you want for the future? And uh, it was that combination that uh, got us into greater efficiency, I would say, for what we had coming to us and how we wanted to spend it. Yeah. So the third part, you know, we call most f firms, they call it foundational planning or, or they call it basic planning. And it's typically in three or four forms. It's, it's cash flow planning, okay? And there's goal-based planning. I'm planning for retirement. I'm planning for some goal. And then typically it's this asset location and allocation. And then they stress test it. They do what's called Monte Carlo simulations to test it in all kinds of scenarios. And we find that stuff is important, but we call it below the line planning. We 
because we think it's these other three things that need to be done first. How are you going to solve the income tax issues? What are you going to do to mitigate that? How can you help your estate planning attorney by helping pull together the facts, assumptions, and goals so when that estate planner is looking at it with you and discussing options, we can get even better tailored plans to what you guys want to accomplish. Then the third is to clean up any messes, any balance sheet optimization stuff on the balance sheet. There were not terrible amount of messes, but there were a few things that needed to be cleaned up over the years. But we feel those are the three things that really move the needle before you do this other stuff, the cash flow planning and the Monte Carlo simulation. I hear sometimes that, man, that sounds like a lot of work. Should I as a client consider going through that process to do that? I'd love to know. I know you guys spent a fair bit of time with us in getting that stuff done. Like, what what is the outcomes and what are the results of doing that kind of stuff? Was it worth it, I guess? In terms of time, well worth it. As you know, we, we probably had two or three meetings a year at the most, and usually an extra one if we had questions or something. So uh, on the one hand, you're always available, and you always would make time for us. On the other, as far as the amount of time, if you're out there on your own trying to think out these things, read whatever, you, you may be able to accomplish it, but you're going to be missing something, and that's expertise. You're still learning. And if you can contact or be in touch with a firm that has solutions to these kinds of questions, that is, what you know, how can we maximize what we've got? How can we take care of the future? Uh, are we doing the best that we can with what we have? If you can find that firm, then your money ahead. And in our, in uh, my experience, really, I, I can speak for Marianne as well. In this, we we never never once doubted or regretted any time we spent. It was well worth the time, and it was far less than had, we would have spent on our own. And what we got out of it uh, is what I have today. She doesn't have, unfortunately, but uh, uh, I'm I'm essentially living the good life right now in the sense that I don't worry about the financial end of things or the estate or taxes. Is it true, thank you for sharing that, that was very helpful. Is it true that, because you've implemented without getting into the specifics of the different trusts, you've implemented a few different trusts over the years for various purposes. Is it true having several people here that really take the laboring or of coordination between the CPA firm, the legal firm, that you were willing, you and Marianne were willing to implement more complicated things that you may not have otherwise implemented. Is that true or no, we probably would have done it anyway, or no, it was super helpful to have the coordination of the labor here to really manage those other folks. Well, I think it was, it definitely much much easier doing it here. Uh, in the in, when we first started out, we had a, a good friend who was our our tax man as well, and we did some investments with him. The investments didn't pay out too well. The taxes, it's all we got. So there was no future planning in that. Uh, and as I mentioned early on, that once we made contact with you, we really realized that in one place we could look both for the present and the future and 
we're still too unsophisticated to think about what the options are out there. But certainly what we have, we can turn over to somebody to manage for us. That grew into trusts. First, the, the revocable trust, an irrevocable trust that contained some insurance policies, which ultimately, one of them, we cashed out and turned back into investments, which led to other alternative investments. None of this would have occurred had we not been in a in a place or with a firm, with you, really, a person who was looking out for what would be best for people like us down the line. So you had our interest in, at heart, and that is, uh, there isn't a price that you can put on that. You just can't. Yeah. yeah, it's been fun to work together and see these things get accomplished. Did you ever dream that you would be where you're at in life financially? Did you ever think? <laughs> I mean, a kid no. growing up in Seattle, well, yeah. Seattle, you going to... no. Yeah. No. I can remember at the university, and of course this was in probably about 1970, when my salary went through 10000 a year. <laughs> and I thought, I've reached it. It was probably earlier than that. But um, that was a milestone. But I remember also when we, probably in the, after a few years, one of our uh, annual financial planning times when we looked at our balance sheet, what we had and where we could go. And you looked at me and you said, you know, this is going to be worth 10 times what it's worth right now or more. I, you know, I give you a number, but just many, many times more than what you have. And I said, yeah, sure. <laughs> now it is. Yeah. And that, um, and I realized that just in the last couple of years that that the planning that you helped us with has made an exponential growth over particularly the last few years since 2009, a, a growth that could never have been realized on our own, just couldn't have been. Well, and that has spawned interest, uh, expanded interest in charitable work, in, uh, in uh, more interest in and not only seeing to it that my, my daughters, my two daughters are taken care of, but their children my nieces, my nephews. So I've been able to involve a lot more uh, in, in what will eventually be theirs than I ever could have had it been on my own. Yeah. So would you say you, how often do you think about finances? Is it part of what you think about today or do you have peace of mind? Like how do you describe your current financial condition? <laughs> I, I have absolutely no, no, um, worries about the financial side, even with the stock market having taken the dip it did. I looked at our most uh, recent balance sheets, and yeah, some things are down, but uh, by and large, percentage-wise, I'm not hurting at all. Yeah. And certainly my income, my cash flow on a, a monthly basis is exactly what I want. It's If I wanted more, I could get more. I know that. I don't need it, so I don't ask for it. Yeah. And because I don't, it stays in the estate, and that simply allows it to grow. Yeah. So why do you think markets being down so much has not affected your overall financial well-being? I mean, it's affected yeah. it, but why has it not had substantial deterioration to your financial well-being? Diversification. And it's not just diversification in stocks and bonds. Yeah. That's a small part of my my portfolio. It's the alternative investments. And in there, there are 
many different paths, each one very successful right now. And yeah, they've been, I'm sure they're down a little bit, but it has not affected the bottom line whatsoever. Yeah. And this is this condition, this uh, situation that we're in, it's not going to last forever. Mm. A few more years, maybe. Maybe it'll even be less than that. Mm. I'm hopeful less for a lot of other people. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, certainly it's not going to affect me, as near as I can tell. Yeah. Yeah, so alternatives in private real estate, private equity, and yep. private credit. Mm -hmm. You've got some investments in each of those that have been very good ballast to your overall investments yes. that have not had suffered, continue to throw off cash flow right. that probably just give you gives you really peace of mind. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned cash flow. I often share with folks that I'm that are new or um, you know, centers of influence of other clients, I share with them that the the metric that gives people peace of mind is not net worth. Net worth is a number, but it doesn't. What's most translatable is excess cash flow, because clients who have excess cash flow tell me, "Man, I take better trips. I buy better presents for the people I love. I give more to charity." And then I say, "Gosh, I have this extra. What am I? Gonna, let's reinvest." Mm -hmm. And so it gives them that emotional peace of mind, just like you. You're like, I've got so much extra building up in the account, I could easily distribute it. I just have it reinvested. That that piece, I'm told often, just like you just described it, is that makes me feel very, very, very confident mm -hmm. about my financial picture. Another thing I, uh, that uh, just came to mind. My youngest daughter, as you know, is working as professional at life, and she started out on her own. And as a result, uh, had carefully planned out her finances to do this. Unfortunately, her her choice of time was not good. It was she's at a, the beginning she's a of the pandemic, and yes. she went independent. And, yeah, uh, she went independent right yeah. at the beginning of the pandemic, and uh, with a half a million dollar investment needed just to get started, of which she had a substantial amount of that. Yeah. But she needed help, and generally, when you start talking large figures, you say, "Well, it's in the will. As soon as I die, you can have it." But uh, because of the way you have planned out the my cash flow, my investments for me, I was able to set aside a substantial amount of money for her just to draw on as needed to get her over this uh, hump until she's got her practice well on its feet, and that has. That's not something that a lot of people can do. Certainly, those that uh, perhaps are far better off even than I am. But I'm I'm a retiree out of a university. I I didn't have a lot to start with, and I didn't uh, uh, I didn't hit the jackpot in, in terms of working for myself. I did all right, but all of that money and the fact that there were there were opportunities, there were investment tools that came along that were beyond stocks and bonds that I took advantage of because of the, of the advice I got from you. So those things enabled me to, at this time in life, and, and I'm 84. You uh, don't look 84. Well, <laughs> I drink good wine. Maybe <laughs> that that, that to, preserves you? <laughs> that does something. But um, it does enable me to set aside some, some funds so that she can realize her dream, and it doesn't affect me a bit. That's the bottom line. 
it doesn't affect me a bit. I don't, I don't even worry about it. Mm-hmm. And and that gives you a great peace of mind. Yeah. It just does. You want your kids to succeed. And if you can have a measure of uh, influence on that while you're alive, then I, it's, it's great. It's a great feeling. All the better. Yeah, I view this like partnership, our relationship, right? You're, mm-hmm. You hired myself and the team here as your CFO to give you advice. Uh, you mostly took it, maybe not every time, but mostly <laughs> took it. And you're the yeah. CEO, and you and Marianne did a fantastic job of saving and investing and setting a budget for your overall household. And together, with your guys' hard work and all the sacrifice, you've amassed a, a small fortune. I mean, you've really done unbelievably well. And I agree. It's very rewarding to see you be able to help your daughter in a very large way and not have any concerns about it, uh, to know that it's not going to affect your financial peace of mind. Well, there was a lot of learnings along the way. What, Looking back, what would you say the biggest learning was for you or you and Marianne along the way? Well, I'm not sure it was learning so much as it was, well, it was in a way. We were fortunate enough to know at least that we needed to plan for our future. That was a given. How to get there was another another question. And our meeting up with you uh, more, more than anything else, as I said early on, to be able to take all of the elements, estate, taxes, your, your investments, put all of these things together, real estate, put it all together in one place. And really just, I call it Derek. Derek, I got a question. And get an answer right away. That is immeasurable. So if I were, if I were to suggest to anyone else what to do, one would be to find somebody with, that has a breadth of qualifications well beyond just investing or taxes or things like that a little broader base. So you want to think a little more broadly. And be, and the other thing would be to be open to ideas because while you may think you know a lot, you may realize that you don't know so much and that there are experts out there. If you rely on their advice, you can get to where you want to be with a lot less pain and financially a lot less cost. So uh, those kinds of things... Uh, I think I would, those would be the things that I would mention to somebody. Okay, so summarizing that, build a good team. Build a good team. It isn't just us, right? You also needed a good lawyer along the way, Mm -hmm. right, to put this stuff in place. And then you needed a a good CPA CPA. to keep us out of trouble and make sure that we're, uh, I think the the three firms together have done a really good job and guiding you and I know you made fantastic relationships with with those individuals as well and it works well that you have a close relationship with them because then the flow of communication back and forth it's easy it's done quickly and that only benefits me and ultimately it benefits me the most yeah well I've really appreciated the partnership I've really, it's very, very professional, rewarding to see you set and achieve these goals. It's great to hear you enjoying life and not thinking about financial matters and to be able to help your daughter. I mean, all of those things are very rewarding to watch and observe. 
I want to thank you for uh, sharing with us and the listening audience and even being sick and still agreeing to come in here and do this. <laughs> yeah. So I want to thank you, Chuck. Well, my pleasure really has. And again, I can say thank you for all the work you have done and the staff here, Zoe, Kyle, there are so many others, the tax people that we've got now, Greg and Christina and Law. I mentioned last names, but I'll leave it at that. Okay. They're great people. Yeah. All right. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. All right. Thank you for listening to the Live Life Liberated podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Centura Wealth Advisory. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Centura Wealth Advisory, Centura, is an SEC-registered investment advisor with its principal place of business in San Diego, California. Centura and its representatives are in compliance with the current registration and notice filing requirements imposed on SEC-registered investment advisors, in which Centura maintains clients. Centura may only transact business in those states in which it is notice filed or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from notice filing requirements. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Tax relief varies based on client circumstances and all clients do not achieve the same results. 